Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. In 1924, Witness Lee was dynamically saved by the Lord as a young man in his native China, and he promptly consecrated the rest of his life to the gospel. He co-labored with Watchman Nee for parts of the next three decades, and in 1962, Witness Lee was led by the Lord to come to the United States. During his 35 years of service to the Lord in America, he ministered in weekly meetings and weekend conferences, delivering thousands of spoken messages. Much of his speaking has since been published as more than 400 titles, many of which have been translated into numerous foreign languages. He gave his last public conference in February 1997 at the age of 91. We're happy today to be able to bring you recorded excerpts from his speaking and encourage you to contact us if you have any further questions or comments. Please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. Malachi chapter 4, verse 6 tells us, And he will turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a curse. This is Matt Miller with John Pester for our third Malachi Life Study radio program today. John, it's good to have you back for this particular life study. Thank you, man. It's good to be back. John, I opened the program with a verse that talks about the Lord's warning about the day of his coming. There's several things that we're going to see about the Lord's coming in the next half hour. Could you give our listeners a little foretaste so they'll want to stay with us for the rest of the things to come? Well, Matt, I think what's very interesting about the book of Malachi is the context and who it's addressed to. This is the last word in the Old Testament. The very next action that we uh, see and read about in God's plan and God's purpose is the incarnation of Christ and the birth of the God-man, Jesus Christ. But Malachi is the last word in the Old Testament prior to that event, and there's a 430-year gap between Malachi's ministry and the coming of the Lord Jesus. And Malachi's ministry is focused entirely upon the condition of the priests and the sons of Jacob. In other words, it is the condition of the people of God in their service to God as priest and in their living as God's people before him is what is central and crucial in the coming of the Lord Jesus the first time. And it is in the same principle that is the situation today. It is the condition of the people of God, not the outward world situation. It is the inward condition of the people of God that is crucial in determining when the Lord will come back and how, when he comes back, we will be treated and regarded by him and judged by him. John, there's another uh, famous verse in Malachi about the tithes and offerings and this matter of robbing God. And that's where we're going to start with our life study today. So let me Read Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, and then we'll go to Witness Lee. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. With the curse you are cursed. Yet you, even the whole nation, rob me. Let's go to Witness Lee now for his speaking from Malachi on July 4th, 1992. Again, touched Israel's 
laziness. They would not work for the house of God. But Malachi touches the robbing of God's people. Do not rob God. You know, the children of Israel argued, God, in what we rob you? I think many of us would say the same thing. I didn't rob God. In what I rob God? Then God answered, you rob God in tithes, in the 10% and offerings. If you don't rob God, the curse will not be brought in to you. To rob God of what he should get, that will bring in a curse. Okay, bringing the whole tithes to the storehouse that there may be food in God's house. Not for you, but for God to eat. God is also quite hungry. God needs the food. You tell me, what is God's food? Their offerings, especially the burnt offering, especially the meal offering. These are the two main items of the divine food, plus the peace offering. We, his children, become a party with him, to eat together and to enjoy with him and before him. That is the peace offering for God's food. Malachi touches the robbing of God's people. What is this robbing? You just don't give him what he should have. Well, he made the principle, all the incomes, all the produce from the land, one-tenth, 10% should go to him. The rest, 90%, this is yours. But the top, the first one-tenth, the first 10% must go to him. Don't give him the last one part, the tail. He doesn't want the tail, he wants the head. You must give him. Every month you receive your wage, put aside the first 10%. Lord, this is to you. You see, you see the blessing. If I cannot show the blessing, don't rob God in what he should get. Well, John, we shouldn't rob God in what he should get. You know, I've heard many pastors over the years use these verses in Malachi to increase the offering in their ministry. And there's something deeper going on here. I mean, Witness Lee is bringing out Malachi's use of this matter of offerings in the context of the offerings. And I'd like you to to develop this matter of uh, robbing God. Well, I think it's very important to realize the picture because there's a spiritual component to our giving and there's a practical component to our giving. The spiritual component of our giving relates to the fact that The children of Israel were charged to bring into the temple daily offerings to God for God's enjoyment, for God's acceptance, for God's appreciation, for God himself. We have a hungry God. We have a God that desires ties to himself. And these ties and these offerings, I'm sure as we've seen in the life study of Leviticus, all of these offerings are types of Christ. We have, as believers, as sons of God, we have a responsibility to feed our God with Christ. 
we have to experience Christ, we have to enjoy Christ, we have to bring that enjoyment of Christ to the meetings, and we have to display that enjoyment every day to God. I really appreciate that verse in Philippians where Paul talks about holding forth the word of life, shining as luminaries in the midst of a crooked and perverted generation so that we would be ready in the day of the Lord. And that holding forth of the word of life is our holding forth and our presenting to not only to men, but to God himself, the Christ that we have experienced and enjoyed. And certainly, If we have this kind of experience and enjoyment of Christ, there will be following that, there will be an offering of what we are, what we have been prospered physically. And we will offer that to the church, we'll offer that to the house of God. And in that offering to the church and to the house of God, we're really offering it to God. There is this component of the spiritual experience and enjoyment of Christ that empowers us to overcome the tug of our own personal wealth that holds us back and that robs God of what he needs and what he desires. And and I think this is a very critical component. We can get into this rote realm of tithing in a kind of rote way and miss the spiritual component that that offering to God comes out of our experience and enjoyment of Christ. You know, as you're speaking, John, this about the spiritual component of our offering to the Lord, it reminded me of uh, John 4.24, uh, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the truth there, or the reality, that is the reality of Christ. We need Christ as our truth before we can properly worship God. And to have Christ as our truth, we need to experience Christ. And that's how we make a a proper offering to God. And eventually, if we don't experience Christ, then our offerings are not that pleasing to God. They're not only not pleasing, but eventually they dry up because our giving to the Lord and what we've practically been prospered is often a reflection of our condition of life before the Lord. If we're low in life, oftentimes we're low in our giving. And I think this is a point that Malachi focuses in on, and it's the solid, definitive proof that at the time that he is ministering, the spiritual condition of the priesthood and the spiritual condition of the sons of Jacob is at a low ebb, and there's a need for people to rise up and realize their responsibility to God, to experience and enjoy Christ, and to take care of the house of God in a spiritual and a proper way. You can lie to yourself, and you can fool yourself, and you can pretend like you're uh, self-righteous and you're arrogant, and everything's fine, and you're doing well with God, but just look at the pocketbook. Are you robbing God of his experience of Christ, and are you robbing God of what he desires to collect in the sense for the saints and for the churches. There are some very good verses that we were talking about earlier in 1 Corinthians. We were discussing before the program about how the main chapter in the New Testament on the Lord's resurrection is 1 Corinthians 15. And the very next verse after you have this big chapter on resurrection is a verse on material offerings in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1. And uh, that verse says, Now concerning... The collection for the saints, just as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you do also on the first day of the week, each one of you should lay aside in store to himself whatever he may have been prospered, that no collection be made when I come. So the Apostle Paul didn't want a collection plate passed. He wanted it taken care of by 
the first day of the week, which is a picture of resurrection, the first day, and he wanted it done coming out of the experience of the resurrection life within us. So it's really a good word that you use. When there's a low ebb, there's not really that much material giving. But when we're experiencing the Lord's resurrection life, there is a material offering to the saints. I think Paul's juxtaposition of those two issues, the whole matter of the centrality of the resurrection in the Christian experience, immediately following that, where he lays that in great detail, immediately following that, he touches this practical matter of the giving of the saints and the collection for the saints, uh, which is an indication that our giving really is proper when it comes out of our experience of the resurrection life. It is It is a completely different kind of experience than just go into your checkbook and say, I earned 10% this week, now I need to drop in 10%, quote, quote, in the offering box. Uh, It's a different experience that comes out of the resurrection life. Well, for time's sake, John, we better move on. I want to just read one more verse, though. It's from Philippians 4.17, and then we'll move on to the other subjects here in Malachi. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit which increases to your account. So we have an account for our giving, according to the Apostle Paul in this verse in Philippians 4.17, and there's a fruit. So our giving should be related to life. It should come out of life and should be a fruit. We shouldn't have lifeless giving. Okay, let's go on with some more verses in chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. Witness Lee is going to talk about walking mournfully before Jehovah of hosts. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The words of some of the sons of Jacob were strongly against Jehovah. They say it is vain to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his charge and have walked mournfully before Jehovah of hosts? It's a hard thing to translate this crowd and have walked mournfully before Jehovah of hosts. What are to walk mournfully? I speak the Chinese tongue. The Chinese translation says, Ku Ku Zai Jie, Ku Ku Zai Jie, mournfully. Oh, oh, I have to go to meet you. <laughs> and I would sit there with a wrinkle forehead. When the singing comes, Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. 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 This is to serve God mournfully. Zaije means what? This is Chinese idiom. Zaije means to work before God, to serve God, to be so religious, and so forth. It's very interesting, I tell you. Okay. Now, the uh, opposing one says, don't be so humble, this and that. The opposers of God say this. It is vain to serve him. It is vain to worship him. Why you need to be so humble? Be bold. Be arrogant. You are blessed. They also try God and they escape. Escape what? Escape the tribulation. It should be, they try God as a road, they should suffer. Yet, they also escape the suffering. They try God. I don't believe God. I don't give him the ten. 
the ties. I tried him for one year, for two years, and I will escape any kind of calamities. Well, John, this really should be a warning to all of us, shouldn't it? I think this section that Brother Lee speaks about is a very good warning about the inward condition of the people of God prior to the Lord's coming. There is the possibility that as Christians, we can kind of go through the motions, walking mournfully, kind of doing everything out of a sense of obligation, having lost touch with the living God himself, uh, the messenger of God who brings God's message, which is himself as the living message. Uh, We lose sight of this, and as a result, our faith becomes a practice rather than a living reality. We have to be on guard against this. Uh, We have to experience the Lord. We have to turn to the Lord. We have to be a people that follow the Lord. And it's very interesting to me that during this time, there are opposers that are essentially saying to some of the believers, you don't have to be so absolute. Why do we have to do this? Why do you have to serve the Lord? I would just encourage every young person out there who has received a call from the Lord, don't allow someone to dampen your enthusiasm for the Lord, your desire, your commitment. If the Lord has called you, you must serve him. You must follow the Lord's leading. This is I think at the heart of Malachi is not to have your testimony watered down even by those that appear to be godly. They're really not godly. Their focus is because uh, the more people that are like me, the more self-justified I am in my lukewarmness. And we need to be people of God on the constant guard for this. Don't allow our inward zeal and love and desire to be for the Lord to be dampened by those who would say, you don't have to be this way. You don't have to be quite so strong for the Lord. Yeah, I I was touched by that word there. Uh, Some people would actually say it's vain to serve God. Right. And they would say, where's the prophet? Getting back to this matter of robbing God. Well, the prophet is, we bring the Lord back. That's the real prophet. And that's the prophet. Hopefully, we would inspire through uh, our fellowship with one another. Hopefully, this radio program will have a, a response in some to have a prophet for God. Right. To bring the Lord back. And uh, not just to uh, be in this opposing God attitude of thinking it's vain, and even to walk mournfully as a believer. Even if you go to the meetings, you do it begrudgingly or in, as a, in a sense of obligation. Well, let's go on, John, for the conclusion of the life study as we move on to Malachi chapter 4 and some concluding comments from Witness Lee. Now, we come to a Jehovah's warning by the day of Jehovah. The day comes, burning like a furnace, and all the proud ones, the arrogant ones, and all the ones who act wickedly will be hot, stubble, just good for burning. And the coming day will set them ablaze, set them unfair, so that it will not leave them root or branch burn them to the uttermost. No road, no branches will be left. The whole thing will be gone. Okay, but unto those who fear Jehovah's name will the Son of Righteousness, that's Christ, the healing Christ, arise with healing in his wings, and they will go forth and leap about like well-fed calves. We all will be the fat calves. Not to walk, but to live. 
Let it go, right? Leaping indicates what? Indicates your joy, that you're happy. They will tremble the wicked, for the wicked will be ashes under the sole of their feet. Very good. In the day that Jehovah prepares. And he will turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest he comes, Christ comes, and strikes the land with a curse. We should get ourselves prepared, and the children of Israel should get themselves prepared, otherwise Christ will come to strike the world. And then that will be a curse to the world. We should not be under that. We should be under Christ's blessing as he's come back. Well, this is the end of Malachi. And also this is the closing of the Old Testament. It's wonderful. John, it's going to be a joyful thing to those who fear the Lord. When he comes back, they'll be leaping like well-fed calves full of joy. But to the wicked, the Lord's coming will be a fearful thing. They'll be stubble. There'll be a refining fire for them. And I was thinking all the things that people buy, instead of giving to the Lord, those things will become stubble when the Lord comes back. It's really quite a picture, isn't it? You want to give us a wrap-up? Well, when the Lord comes, he comes as a refining fire. And this is a critical need to understand that when the Lord comes, he comes as a refining fire. And in the period of time before the Lord's first appearing, there was a call in Malachi for a remnant that would return to the Lord, that would fear his name, and become a personal treasure for Jehovah. And in the time before the Lord's second coming, there is also a need and a call for a remnant to be preserved, to fear his name, to call on his name, to be a people that can bring him back as a personal treasure. They're so valuable in the eyes of the Lord. They don't rob God. They become God's treasure, and God returns for them, and he comes for them as the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. All of our shortages that we have, all of the the potential for degradation as one who serves the Lord and as one who's child of God, all of that can be dealt with with the Lord appearing as the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. There's healing in his wings, and there is the preparation of a remnant that will bring the Lord back. I'm so grateful that at the beginning of the New Testament, three godly people are presented. There's Zechariah, who's a priest in the temple, and then there's Mary, and there's Elizabeth. And all of these reflect the fact that in that whole period of 430 years, God did preserve a remnant of godly people who had become a personal treasure to him, and they were prepared and ready when the Lord came the first time. We need to be those kind of people. We need to be a preserved remnant who fear the Lord, who serve the Lord, who do not rob him of our ties, both spiritually and physically. And in that situation, we become a personal treasure for the Lord. And when the Lord comes back, even though he comes as a refining fire to us, it will not be a fire that burns away so many negative things, but it will be a fire that reveals himself and validates the treasure that has been wrought into our being because it will remain after the Lord's refining fire passes through us. But there will be some, many, many Christians, 
who will have the experience of the refining fire coming and burning many, many things as if they were wood, hay, and stubble. Well, may the Lord have mercy on us today, John, so we could uh, be those who are responding to the Lord's word. And we would be, as an earlier Malachi program we touched in, in our first Malachi program, we could become the seed of God, the godly seed, the godly descendants, as you described, of Elizabeth, of Mary, of Zacharias, those who bring the Lord back a second time. John, thanks for coming in and doing this program with me today. Thank you, man. And thank you also for joining us. Uh, This is the last summary of the book of Malachi. The next program we're going to have for you will be a summary of all the minor prophets, and then we'll finish our study of the minor prophets. If you'd like to get information on the program you heard today or any other information from Living Stream, you can call us at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's one 888 543-3788 or you can write to Living Stream Ministry P.O. Box 2121 Anaheim, California 92814 or just send an email to radio at lsm.org On behalf of John Pester, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today. Do you want to know the deeper truths of the Bible? Wish you could attend a Bible study but just don't have the time? Well, if you enjoyed this program, then we invite you to visit our website at lsmradio.com. From there, you'll find programs on every book of the Bible and all free of charge. These programs will not only give you a more profound understanding of the Scriptures, but also refresh and revitalize your daily Christian walk. From our website, you can download the MP3 files, stream them live, or subscribe to the podcast. Again, all free of charge. Once more, that website, lsmradio.com. Thanks for listening.